Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Right. You are now listening to. You're now listening to the now world beyond. Let's do it again, one more time. Third time. How does coming close to death change your life? You're now listening to the world beyond my head. A project by Headway East London. A project by Headway East London. Each show follows two brain injury survivors, exploring topics that are important to them. First up mental health is it me or my brain tell us about your love story (laughs) Uh, tell us about love story so we met on um, myspace Ten years ago, <laughs> um, yeah, and I so I was I was just turned sixteen um, when we met, um, and that's what I mean. So I thought my my life was kind of like mapped out for me at that age, and then a few years later, that's when I was had my brain hemorrhage. He, yeah, he says to me, oh, you don't, you haven't changed, you're the same Victoria. But I know that I have, so I know he's lying to me, basically. It's fine that he says that, because I know I have, so... Um, and everyone, all my family have come to that fact now that they know that I have, so they all say. So it was like, it's like he had to love two different people. Yeah. It's really, it's really weird. Yeah. Hi, my name's Victoria, and um, at the age of 17, uh, I was diagnosed with an AVM in my brain, which is similar to an aneurysm. Um, so it's it's basically where my pathways are all in my brain, and there there's a clump of them, and they're not meant to be. They're meant to be like all flowing freely, um, and. Then I went into hospital to have to have it glued, so basically to stop it um, ever growing again or bursting or anything. And in the procedure, I had a brain hemorrhage, which is a bleed on the brain, which caused for me to um, have, be in a coma. Um, and then hospital and rehab for for about eight months, and then yeah, then my life changed. 
what did it feel like after they told you all this like all the information about what's happening to to you how did it feel at the time at the time I felt I I didn't I was only 17 so I, I didn't actually know what it was yeah I mean that was the same as me like I was 14 at the time I didn't have a clue what my condition was um it was just I was all a blur really I didn't know what was going on you know my my brain condition was very rare there's it, only four to five hundred cases around the world at the moment and back then it was, it was even less and to even have that saying saying that to you it was a big shock I think I missed the first um, bit. Uh, the, the first bit of just you saying hi, I'm Lewis. Oh, okay, so I can start again. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Hi. Take your time. Oh, so yeah. Take like, my time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've got a lot cool. of plenty of time. Okay. Peter's with us for a while. So yeah. Sweet. Okay. Then. Just like cool. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lewis. When I was around about the age of 13, 14, I um, fell ill with a very rare brain condition called Rasmussen's encephalitis. This was caused by my own immune system attacking my brain, which left a scar on the brain, causing severe epilepsy seizures. Over time, the epilepsy seizures got very aggressive and uncontrollable. And at the age of 18, I had, a, had to have a hemostrectomy operation, which was to save my life and stop all the seizures, which was a disconnection of half my brain, which was the right side of my brain. This left me completely paralysed on the left side of my body. I was unable to walk, talk and do daily living skills. I was in rehab for three months. Um, I had to have intense physiotherapy, speech and language therapy and counselling. People didn't really understand what I was going through. People didn't really understand. It's the first time probably they've ever seen anyone have a, have a seizure. And, to be honest, I had really bad seizures, so probably see the worst seizures ever, really. So, yeah, that's why, in the end, I had to have the operation because um, it, it was eventually going to go to the other side of my brain and I would have been basically brain dead. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time, I, I used to take out my anger and I used to blame the people I love most for what's happening to me. I think you realise afterwards how much it affected them until like, until a little while afterwards, until you get over it yourself, in a way. So yeah, like I look up to them so much now that you know every time like I used to be so upset and like, they'll give me a hug and it made me feel a million times better. You know, even little things like that. You know, you don't really, you di- I didn't really appreciate it at that time because I didn't know what I was thinking at that time. You know, I was 15, 16, and you know I should be at school going out with my mates and I couldn't do that and I wanted to take out on someone and I was probably taking it out on the people I love most so yeah I, t- I always say my family don't like me saying this but I say that on the 13th of March 2012 the old Victoria died and the new one was born but I was 19 years old so that was really really hard having like a, a brain that was like a baby and and then being 19 and coming into a world where I was... I feel like I was a baby, but I weren't. It's like if I'm having a bad day, I'll just keep thinking of why has it happened to me. I think that's the big thing for me, especially. And as well, like, I think I've to- spoken about it before, my um, cognitive fatigue really affects me, so I'll be really, like, 
energetic physically, but mentally I'll be absolutely exhausted, you know, uh, because it's my brain, my brain's working harder to function and that's a big struggle in my life and that sometimes gets me down. Yeah, that's what I feel like with... If I didn't have a brain injury, I wouldn't have to deal with the extra struggle on top that I've got, that people have to deal with or I had to deal with before my brain injury. And we're having to feel, deal with extra struggle on top, which sometimes struggles that people don't even realise. It's just it's so little, some things, and some things are things that are... Like one of my um, doctors said is using a lot more energy for Victoria and Lewis, whoever's got... To to turn their head and look at something or to, to be in a room with a lot of people speaking because they've got to concentrate a lot more. It's like normal day-to-day things, but it's, it's like the concentration of threading a needle, so that is really hard. If I was to meet someone new, I'd always think, oh, what are they thinking of me? Are they judging me in a negative way and stuff like that? So I think with my mental health, so I used to hide it away I used to say no I haven't got any problems but once like, I started to say no actually I have I've been a lot better I've learned to deal with them things deal with my mental health and it's once you open your eyes and realise that you have these problems it's a lot easier to deal with them a lot easier to control them and that's what I've done that's what I've managed to do if I feel a bit low or a bit down depressed I've, I overthink things so I tend to just go to the gym do a workout and I feel 100% better so that's when I started to get into look into personal training which I qualified probably around about three four years ago now so I've been doing that for a while now I really enjoy it and it really helps with my mental health I don't want to keep looking back and asking why has this happened to me I think that's the big thing there you've got that memory of what's happened to you to always bring up some negative thoughts and stuff like that I think that's a really big thing to realise that you know you keep remembering what's happened to you and sometimes I feel like I just want to forget about it you know that's my past now My heart starts getting crunched, like um, squeezed, all my insides, like really, and, and yeah, and I start like, sometimes getting a bit like um, shaky as well inside, not outside. Dad, can you turn your phone on silent? Uh, so today we're heading to UCL. Um, we're meeting Vaughan Bell, who's a neuropsychologist. We're going to be asking him some questions about how um, brain injury affects us with mental health and stuff like that, really. So, yeah, it'll be a pretty cool day. So my dad, Henry, is giving us a lift because he's a black cabbie. Um, so I'm just going to ask him a few questions. Well, one question, actually. It's quite a big question. Um, Dad, in your opinion, how do you think I've changed between before my brain injury and now? Well, the main difference is <clears throat> are your lack of sympathy and empathy in certain situations and your, imp- your impatience and your inability 
to understand what's being said to you, even if it's for your own good. If, if you've got something set in your own mind, that is how you want to do it, you can't see another way of doing it. And when it's explained to you, you either dismiss it or you just don't go with it at all. Um, I knew everything that my dad was going to say because he said it to me loads of times before and all my family have, so it's not nothing new. So I knew. I just, but I know that myself. Um, my fiance says it to me as well. Everyone does. But I can't change it, so. Yeah, um, I, I get upset because it's, it's like, it is two different people. And I've said that all the time, and I don't want to be this person. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Yeah, so it's really hard to deal with that, knowing that, um, oh my god, I can't speak. Knowing that the new person is taking over that when the old person don't want to. Like, um, I was horrible, I was quite horrible to my mum this morning, and I said to her, I texted her actually, I said, just forget about it, just don't, don't even listen when I'm saying things, because that's not me. It's the old, it's the new Victoria who I don't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you're not the person you were before, but you're not any less of a person. difficult I know you're struggling with the person you are now but like I say you're no less of a person in fact I'd say you're probably more more than most people you're dealing you're dealing with something they'll never know
Oh, yeah, I thought it was in the actual hospital. We're not in Queen Square. No, it's over there, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, Queen Square, Janet. Yeah. Oh, I just need to go to the lunch. <laughs> Again. Thanks for talking, Henry, and especially thanks for the lift. No thanks, ladies. Thank you, Dad, for taking us. Um, and thank you for talking and sharing that with us. I love you. I love you too. I'll go to the meeting next time. Victoria? Yes. Really nice to meet you. Hey, Lewis, I'm not usually this good with the memory. Good to see you. How are you doing, folks? So, we've got a room downstairs. It's a lecture theatre, so it's a little bit cavernous, but it's not... Okay, so Vaughan, what is it you specialise in here at UCL? So, I'm a psychologist... And primarily, I'm a neuropsychologist, so I'm interested in how the structure and function of the brain relates to how we think, feel, and behave. And I'm most interested in the connection between alterations to the brain and mental health problems. So what would you say with mental health, um, because this is one thing I'm really interested in, because it's really played a big effect in my life, um, what would you say is... Like part of the brain that is affected by mental health the most? Like, Where is it more active, mental health? That's a really common question that people ask. And it's probably one of the most important questions you can ask and also one of the most misleading questions you can ask. Um, and the reason that it's one of the most important questions is because understanding particularly how injury and damage can lead to mental health problems is extremely important. And the reason I think it's a bit misleading is because sometimes it kind of directs us to thinking that alterations to specific bits of the brain are the most important thing in determining your mental health afterwards. And actually, I always think there's an interaction between how your brain circuits, which are involved in um, looking after mood and perception and behaviour, have been altered but also how it affects each person as an individual. So we just always need to think of these things, both in terms of the neuroscience of what makes us human, but also the impact on each person as an individual and not just think about um, kind of the brain. Like today, we have been talking about quite um, a serious thing in my life major thing so I did get upset but I think I probably would have anyway that was just any and uh, anything that would have happened but there has been other times where people can just say something to me and it's not horribly but I'll, I might I might be like oh my god I'm, I'm really scared and then I'll go off and I'll start crying knowing where I can like get my emotions like controlling them is so hard so um I've seen you walking a little bit and I've met plenty of people who have had alterations to the cerebellum. And um, when you have those alterations, I don't know what it's like for you exactly, but people find it hard to coordinate movements sometimes. And uh, what people sometimes describe or show is that sometimes when they make movements, they overshoot, and sometimes they undershoot. And um, the idea is that the cerebellum is involved in kind of smooth control and coordination of processes across the brain 
And when we used to think it was just involved in movement, the idea was that the cerebellum was controlling the force, accuracy and rate of movements. And now we think that actually the cerebellum is involved in doing this, but for actually a whole lot of functions of the brain. So you might want to think a little bit about maybe thoughts or emotions overshooting sometimes, or sometimes undershooting. And and that's the kind of main understanding at the moment about kind of the involvement of the cerebellum in in human nature, I guess. Because I I sort of get Victoria on that. I sort of felt like that. But as I've progressed and gone on, I just felt like it was just me learning about how how my new self is and how... Learning about the world again, really. It's not the brain injury, it's about you... You learn about what can I do with my life now and what can I achieve with this brain injury? Like, what can I do with this? What, how can I use my injury? Use it as a positive. That's just how I think. So, can I ask a question? So, like, I'm really fascinated by the fact that I've got half a brain. Um, do you, like, sort of know about how hemispherectomy can affect, like, mental health? So... We don't know a massive amount because actually having a hemispherectomy is very rare and there's not a lot of people who have had one. So they're most commonly done in children with some of the reasons that some of these surgeries are done is because of things that couldn't be treated in any any other way, right? Um, And often because they're quite serious, what you tend to find is that people improve quite a bit afterwards. So if you're stopping intense seizures which is one of the most common sources of disturbance often things get better afterwards because you've you've stopped them affecting the whole of the brain what we know a lot less about is the effects on mental health and this is partly because we often don't ask those questions so for the people who have had hemispherectomies there are some follow-up studies which are looked at things like cognition and movement and, and so on but very few of them have asked about mental health, actually. It's, you know, it's, it's like thinking about human nature, right? And if we think of the brain as the organ of human nature, the most important organ of human nature, then that means that there can be a massive diversity in how people are, both before and after the brain injury, and how alterations to your brain can impact on that. And... Sometimes it can be an impact on your capacities, like to you know, remain calm or have certain emotions or to speak in a certain way or to move in a certain way. Um, but other times, it's much more about that whole aspect of personal meaning. Uh, thank you very much for today, Yvonne. I've really learned a lot today. Um, not just about, like, the brain itself but even about my own injury so yeah thank you a lot thank you so much it's really helped me thank you real pleasure real pleasure to meet you both as well thank you very much for coming here i used to take granted a lot of things in my life and i believe what's happened to me has probably been a really big positive in my life my little girl was just born uh 
three months ago now. Uh, she's absolutely amazing. Uh, best thing that's ever happened to me. I've always been a family man. My family means the world to me. Like my little girl, hopefully she'll look up to me and I can be that man that I've always wanted to be. Work towards being a really good father. Before my injury, I was lost. I didn't know what I was going to do in my life. Um, I didn't know who I was. And when I had my brain operation, I sort of got on the right path. I started to go somewhere in life. I started to move forward. For a little while, it stopped. Um, and I didn't really know where my life was going. But now it's kind of on the same path as what it was before. So I know that I want to get married and I got engaged last year. Late last year, so it doesn't seem like last year now. Um, it seems like this year. Um, yeah, I got engaged, so that kind of helped with moving it forward. It's about time anyway. It won't be all the same, but it will lead to the end, hopefully, that I'll get married, have children. That's what I've always wanted. Same ending, I think, I hope. You have been listening to The World Beyond My Ed, a project by Edway East London. You have been listening to East London. It's a place full of diamonds and pearls. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Oh, hello?